Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, coming to you live from the studios here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, which happens to be the home of Grace FM. And what a great, uh, how grateful we are to provide Grace FM to you uh, to be the the church family that supports uh, our region with solid Bible teaching and worship 24-7. Teaching of the Word of God will transform your life. It will transform your life. I want to welcome everyone listening live on the Grace FM radio network, everyone listening live on the Radio by Grace network, and both of those apps you're listening live. If you're listening to us on Hope FM, Truth FM, Radio, Higher Rock Radio, you're listening to this one week delayed. And remember, all that means is you can call while the show is on, talk to a live host, we'll answer your question, minister to you, and then you get to tune in next week and hear yourself on the radio, which is kind of cool. So however you're listening to us, even if you're listening to a podcast, these are podcasts, they're uh, archived. These programs, a lot of times we'll get a a note that says, hey, I want to hear that program again on a particular day. All of these programs are archived and podcasted on the Grace FM app. The Grace FM app. So go to your app store, put in Grace FM. Make sure it's the Colorado one because there's a lot of Grace FMs. There's even some Yahoos out there trying to take our feed and then down, you know, put an app on there for our station giving you ads and stuff, and that's not us. We've, we've already put in all these notices to get them taken down, but I haven't looked lately if they're if they're still there. I, I don't know, but um, make sure you get the official Grace FM app. And if you want to make sure you get the official, just go to gracefm.com, gracefm.com, and there probably is somewhere on there, I haven't looked lately, where you can click through and get the app and follow us along. Uh, everything's available as well on the Calvary Church app. Just put my name in your app store, Ed Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, and the app will pop up and uh, download it. You get all the resources to our church and our ministry here, and then as well as Grace FM. Welcome, 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 303-690-3000. That's the number to get on the air with me, 303-690-3000. And then the text line is open 24-7. Uh, and it's used for the show during this hour, seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven, and you can text me questions, prayer requests, um, like this one. Pray for wisdom and direction. My husband and I have been going through a rough time. We're currently separated, trying to decide how to proceed. A lot of hurt, suffering, and forgiveness. Father, I pray for this marriage. I think it's not the only one that is filled with suffering, division, pain, and hurt. And even as uh, this wife 
is asking for help with her and her husband, I pray you would give it. And I think of the separation, God, how in your word it says that we can separate, if needed, for a time of prayer and fasting. So I pray a time of prayer and fasting into this family's life so that they will hear distinctly from you and learn to surrender themselves to you wholly and fully. So I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That came through on the text line. You can use it, 720-336-0897. If you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000. So I was scrolling through my Twitter feed today, uh, and there is a sister out there who is you know, a a strong apologist. Her name is Alyssa Childers. And uh, her book is Another Gospel. And it's a a pretty powerful handling of the progressive thought process that has entered into the church. And just understand, throughout the centuries, there's always been a fancy doctrine. There's always been a newness. You know, there was the New Age movement, and then there was the... um, the emergent church, there's always something, and there's a something now. However, um, I haven't even read the book yet. I'm staring at the title right now. It's on my shelf. A brother gave it to me as a gift for my birthday, um, but I haven't read it yet. It's it's on a list. It's on a stack, uh, and I hope I get to it. However, I was watching, and she posted a video today, and she was sitting in the room with a brother, uh, and his name is John McRae. And John McRae... Uh, came, he used to come to Calvary back in the school days with his grandmother. He's a twin, and he and his brother used to come to services very faithfully uh, when our when our church was super small, uh, and he would come with his grandmother, and she was just a sweet, sweet woman. Um, they were They were wonderful young men, and to see John now, and I knew he was moving, I knew he was doing a lot of YouTube apologetic stuff, uh, and... Uh, really relating to the culture, you know, to his age group. Um, but I was super encouraged by him. I have his number. I'm going to reach out to him and encourage him. I don't know if I have his number or I DM him through Instagram, but just really proud of him, uh, just seeing what God is doing. Last time I heard, his brother is not walking with the Lord uh, and maybe even turned and went in a whole different direction. So we just want to pray for them. So let's do that. God, I pray for the McRae brothers, uh, John, for sure, as he's being used in mighty ways on his um, as YouTube videos and now doing this thing with Alyssa Childers. Um, bless him and encourage him and strengthen him. I pray for his brother. God, I don't remember his name right now, but I pray, God, that you would bring him back to yourself. Uh, and I remember those days when they were just kids. They were just kids, God, coming to Calvary Chapel back in the days of the school. And what a privilege to have been able to serve them in that short season with their grandmother in Jesus' name. Amen. So good. We're going to head out now into Florida, uh, in Broward, Florida. Alex, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. So I just had a question that just crossed my mind. I am on the road now, so I might be a little uh, sloppy with my words. But my question was this. So... I know that in our walk of faith, you know, it's not by our works, but it's just, you know, our relationship with God. And I know that there's some movies, and I can't remember the exact movie per se, 
Um, but, you know, there's a movie where there's an atheist or a non-believer, and then they're at the brink of death, and, yeah. you know, they decide to turn their lives to Christ on their deathbed, and at that moment they're saved. So I guess my question is, you know, based off of perspective, yes. you know, when the Word declares that, you know, as followers, you know, it's not by our works that we make it to heaven. So let's say we fall short, uh-huh. but versus an atheist or a non-believer who decides to give their life, you know, their life up to Christ, you know, on their deathbed, how would that work? How would what work? Um, you know, to, you make it to heaven, because the movies basically portray that, yeah. you know, these individuals make it, you know, five minutes before passing, yeah. and then they're saved. No, that's, oh, so that's a great observation. Let me rephrase the question before you hang up, right? Let me rephrase the question and see if it doesn't give you a little bit of perspective. So let me restate your qu- question first. How is it possible that a person can live in rebellion against God their whole life and have a confession of faith? Let's just say it's real and genuine. God knows that. And then they're saved and die five minutes later. Did I restate your question properly? Yes. Okay, so let me restate it. Let me rephrase it, I should say. Let me rephrase your question. How is it possible that someone like Alex and Ed can get saved in their 20s and get to live a full, rich life in relationship with Jesus Christ? Why is that okay? <laughs> it changes your it changes the thinking, doesn't it? It does. And and I and the answer is and and I I rephrase it that way the answer is it's the grace of God it is you are saved you mean you and I I was I don't were you saved in your twenties when were you saved I actually was so um, I I was saved around I want to say twenty twelve and I got baptized in two thousand thirteen okay so I was saved I was twenty three years old when I got saved I was saved uh, rescued from a horrible life of addiction and stupidity and sin, and here I am 30 years later walking with the Lord, and, uh, you know, a, a full, rich life. Like, I, I don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it at 23. Uh, I deserve to die um, or, you know, suffer the consequences of my sin or my law-breaking or whatever I was into. It was really bad, uh, but God was gracious to me. And so here's the atheist that's lived a hardened life his whole life. He has not enjoyed or she has not enjoyed life, and even what they say was enjoying life. They had the best of things and a big house and on and on. was not true joy. Like they didn't know God. They, they, they were angry and mad and hard-hearted and they didn't have a full rich life, but they get saved five minutes before death. It's the same thing for you and me. It's the same exact answer. It's only by the grace of God. And I would say eternal life is glorious and wonderful and and that atheist, a real, genuine repentance, the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to save that atheist's life. But he also had to live with all the consequences of his sinful decisions. He had to live a, a challenging, hard life uh, in many ways that we won't even know until revealed in heaven. However, you and I, by the grace of God, were, were saved early. Or like my kids. my kids, my kids were saved even earlier, so they have avoided so much sin and so many consequences in their life, different from their mom and dad, that it's just by the grace of God. For you, for me, for the atheist, it's all grace, not even 1% us. It's all grace. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, Pastor, thank you so much for taking the time to answer that for me. I really appreciate everything that you're doing in the Lord.
You're welcome. Great question, too. Keep them coming. Definitely. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. I love those kind of questions. Like you're really wrestling with the reality of doctrine, which is just a fancy word for teaching, and how it's lived out. And, you know, one of the things I didn't speak with Alex that you could be feeling is like, well, it's just not fair, Ed. It's not fair that the atheist can get saved five minutes before he dies. And I would counter with, well, it's not fair for you to get saved in the twenty in your 20s. It was unfair. Jesus Christ died a righteous death he didn't deserve so that you and I might be saved for all eternity. So, good question. 303-690, back, well, we're going to stay on the East Coast, but go up north a little bit. Maryland, Rob, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor, how are you today? Good, Rob, how are you, man? I have a quick question. Okay. Some Your thoughts on this. And I understand you have to take context, but when that when the verse in the Bible says um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, but it also says, um, you know, when we die, uh, we will will see Him and we'll be in His presence. Yes. So my question is, do we sleep, in your opinion, or do we are are do we go to see the Lord as soon as we pass on? Does our spirit meet with Him? We do not sleep, so there is no intermediate state where we cease to exist or we go into a place of limbo or, as the Roman Catholics say, purgatory, where we wait. Uh, we are immediately in the presence of the Lord. There's no such teaching as soul sleep in the Scriptures, none whatsoever. It says the dead in Christ will rise. Yeah, so what we're, what we're reading in the Bible are using human... We're using human descriptions to describe right. eternal things. So, so the Bible actually does use in the it's the word I forget the Greek word, but it's translated sleep to describe death. Uh, and when we use those definitions, it's just like that's what they look like. You know that that's what they look like. And what we think of death um, isn't really the biblical definition. So let's start there. The biblical definition of death is not the ceasing to exist as we feel right. it. Like, we feel it that way. Right. When I lose a loved one, like my son, uh, when he died nine years ago, um, I was unable to enjoy him. He he no longer could interact with us because he sure. died. But the death that he experienced wasn't a ceasing to exist. He was... Right. So the, when you think of death, I want you to think of the word separate, the biblical definition of death is separation. So there's two types of death spoken of primarily in the Bible. First, there's physical death. Physical death is the separation of the spirit and the soul from the body. And that's pretty evident, right? Anytime we go to a funeral sure. home and we see the yep. corpse there, it's a lifeless body because there's been a separation uh, from that body, the spirit and the soul. And the spiritual death now is a separation, but it's a different type of separation. The spiritual death uh, is a description of the separation of the spirit and the soul 
from God, from enjoying relationship with God, where you are still alive, but you are not in relationship with God. So when you think of the dead in Christ, those those that have been separated from their Bible body in Christ will rise first. There'll be a meeting together. There'll be a connection together. And, you know, there's some debate on the resurrected body and how all that works. Um, but there'll right. be a, the real emphasis of that is that those that died do not precede those that are raptured. That's really what he's trying to say. Um, but there's a reunion of sorts with those that had died before us and those that are being raptured up at the same time. And it's a glorious occasion. Can I ask you one more quick one? Sure. <laughs> How about, does the Bible say anything um, about burial versus cremation? The Bible doesn't say anything about burial and cremation. Uh, cremation is not forbidden, although the custom of the Jewish people was to bury their dead, uh, and the custom of the pagans often was to burn the bodies of their dead. Uh, and so some people will extrapolate from that to say, well, you know, if the Jews buried their bodies and the pagans burned their bodies, then we better bury. But the pagans did a lot of things that, um, when done by a believer, isn't necessarily sinful. Um, and by burial, there is a custom, especially in, our, in the United States, there's a custom of burial that... Where we are used to, uh, that is fueled by the funeral industry and the whole services and such, that uh, is perfectly okay. But you know as well as I do, in about six or seven years, uh, or maybe even more. That I don't know the exact, you know, scientific part of that. But the body will disintegrate and return to dust. Um, sure. If you bury it, it's going to take a lot longer to return to dust. And I think it was, um, and again, I'm, I, I don't have this at the top of my mind, but Pastor, sure. Chuck used, Pastor Chuck Smith used to teach us, he says, you know, cremation does in um, 30 minutes what the natural processes do in 30 years. Right, um, right. And so okay, if, great. I, 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 would, I would say this, though, if cremation is done because of some pagan ritual or, you know, we're doing it to worship pagans, yeah. no, that's forbidden. Right, um, But it is a lot less expensive. Um, it is something that the Bible does not forbid. Uh, and either either way, you could do either one. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. Keep up the good work. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number... Let's see, from Maryland, we're heading over to Open Lines. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let me head over to the text line and see what we have there. Um, Pastor Ed, my husband of 20 years, father of our kids, left us over a month ago. He's having an affair. He's been lying to me, says he doesn't love me. He's lost his faith in the Lord. I don't want a divorce, and I'm praying fiercely. Is it okay to wait for him? Yes. He wants no contact with me, but texts the kids every day. They won't talk to him. I don't know what to do. Please help. Well, first of all, I'm sorry. This is a very painful um, thing to go through. Marie and I have been married 30-plus years, and I can't imagine 
um, relationship getting to the point with such deception and hurt and separation and even adultery um, by either one of us. It's just, desire. I mean, it's painful and I'm sorry. Your desire to wait and pray is something that God does bless and he does bless in forgiveness and reconciliation and it's possible. Yes, it is possible. And what to do is a little bit bigger uh, answer than the radio can provide. I'm sorry about that. Um, I would suggest that you make an appointment with your pastor or with a trusted woman uh, in the church that you're attending. And you need more than just like a radio answer. I know you know that, but I just want to say it out loud for anyone else that's listening. You need more than a radio answer. You need a brother or a sister um, that can walk alongside with you. Um, And even a friend. I was talking to a pastor not too long ago about a situation in our church. And I'm like, you know what, brother? Um, as he was describing it and just kind of feeling the weight of not being able to serve this family well, or at least he thought so. He was serving them amazingly, but he was feel, felt like he wasn't serving them well. And I said, you know what, brother? What that person needs is a friend. That's what they need. They're coming to you and wanting you to be a friend to them, but you can't. God does that. You're a pastor, so you're going to shepherd them and direct them. And, and of course, you're going to be friendly with them. And whether God develops a friendship or not, I don't know. But what they need is a friend. And perhaps this is a time where you, you as you're texting in anonymously, you need a friend. And I would say that you walk alongside. Um, email me. I'll send you information on the topic of forgiveness. That's true for anyone listening. You can text the number and ask for this info. Or you can email me at ed at edtaylor.org. Um, I answer all those emails. Uh, be patient if it takes a day or so, but it's okay. Last night I got you know, 30, 40 different emails. I answered them today because we had to head off to the, to the baptism. So just be patient. I'll answer them. Um, but you can email me on forgiveness and I'll just pray with you. So Father, I pray for my sister as she wrestles with a great disaster, just a catastrophe in her marriage. I pray you give her wisdom because that's what she needs. In Jesus' name, amen. 303-690-3000. All right, we're going back to Florida now. Anessa, welcome to the program. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing well, Anessa. What's going on? Um, My question, well, actually, I have a prayer request and a question. I'd like for everyone to pray for my sister. She went okay. blind a few years ago, and okay. we have no idea why. And okay. also, um, I, my question was, when a person that's a believer and they pass away, um, are your the people, your loved ones, able to look down on you? Mm. And you know, some people say they're looking down, smiling, or you know, they're sending you blessings. I really don't believe that, but I just needed some clarification. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of debate on this question because the thought of a loved one that's gone on to be in the presence of Jesus, just the thought that they can interact with us or approve of us or be proud of us is very comforting uh, to those that are grieving and very comforting to those that have lost that human relationship with them. Um, But my understanding of the scriptures is that they cannot. Um, There's a couple passages in the Bible that people point to. One is in Hebrews where it talks about that great cloud of witnesses But in context, that's just pointing back to the chapter before all those that are in the Hall of Faith. They're witnessing of the power of faith. It's not a bunch of people up in heaven looking down on our life. Secondly, I think heaven is such a place of great joy, um, such a place of great bliss, 
that if those in heaven had the ability to look down on us, they'd be so bummed out by all of our sin and hurts and pains and grief. And, and I don't really see that correlation. Um, and another, another insight on this question uh, that I believe reflects that, that once you go to the presence of the Lord only, you're not really interested on earth. You're really enjoying Jesus is when Jesus gave the true story of Lazarus and the rich man, there was a knowledge even of the man in hell, um, the rich man that was in torments. Um, there was an understanding of his, he had a consciousness that his brothers were lost. He had a consciousness that his brothers needed the gospel, but there's no mention of a reciprocal consciousness like they, there was no mention like if they really knew um if they really like like he's he's asking for Moses to send somebody to them or excuse me Abraham to send someone to them um but he doesn't know if they're saved or not he just has the last thought that he had or the last piece of knowledge he had before he died there was no new knowledge uh even in torments so i don't think so um even though we can use the language, like for example, um, if I had a chance to speak to my grandson uh, and be a part of his life, I'm sure there would be many times I would probably tell him, you know, your dad would be pretty proud of you right now. Um, your dad was like that. Or, you know, that the phraseology that kind of speaks to the environment of the the love of of your dad for you, but it wouldn't be a direct relation that he's looking down on you right now. Well, I wouldn't want to think that my mother is looking down on me crying every day, every time her birthday right. rolls around each year. So, right. no, I don't believe. She's yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, and I think that, um, you know, I, uh, there, there is a, one thing that we have a hard time understanding today is there is, it is a different existence in the presence of Jesus. It's different in heaven around the throne room of God. It's different. And so we're trying to understand eternal things with the descriptions we get in the scriptures, trying to wrap our mind about, well, how different it's going to be. <clears throat> it's going to be profoundly different. We're going to have new bodies. Uh, we're going to be sinless. Uh, we're going to be enjoying the presence of God. And the things that we care about now, we are not are not going to be the priorities that they are. Uh, they're, they're, they won't be the priority. Like, like, for example, with heaven, I mean, with marriage. Jesus says marriage is not eternal. So anyone that's married in heaven, you won't be married anymore. And you know how much mm-hmm. we value marriage. And God says, no, no, not in eternity. There's no more marriage because now, now your, your marriage with Jesus is consummate. You're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's all him. And, and so your mom, my mom, my dad's birthday is today. He's in eternity. Um, it's a different existence, and we can be very happy for them, even in our own pain. It's probably way, way, way a trillion, trillion times better. Probably more than that better. <laughs> I agree. We can't even make up n- numbers for it. It's so much better. Exactly. <laughs> okay, sister. Thanks for calling. All right. Thank you. Thanks All right. Bye bye. So All right. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's glorious to think of what heaven might be like, and what that existence will be when we're in the presence of Jesus, reunited with our loved ones. And it is hard to conceive some of the difficulties we face. What about those who uh, never received Jesus? What about the rebels? What about our family members that died in their sin? You know, you got all of that. Um, However, I know that in the 
you know, it's kind of like, it's a silly illustration, but like a police officer that pulls you over, they have all the lights shining on you, right? Um, and that's all you can see. That's all you're in. You, they have the light shining on you for their own protection, especially at night. And that's all you see. And that's how the Lord's going to be. It's just going to be so bright and shiny. That's all you see. Um, other things are going to be less important. Other things are going to be faded in the background. Other things are going to be forgotten. Or we're going to have, the Bible says we're going to know even as we are known, which means we're going to have a whole different way of thinking untouched by sin. It's unbelievable. All right. Well, you hear the music. First half is already over. I'm always surprised how quick it goes. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live with Ed Taylor. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. If you're just tuning in, you have landed on a Christian radio station, a solid, reliable Bible teaching Christian radio station. We're glad that you're a part of our family. Uh, this is a live broadcast from the studios of Grace FM at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Grace FM, we were looking at the numbers recently of our reach. We, ha- we own two uh, stations, two radio stations here in Colorado and I, I, Kevin, can you give me that number? I can't find the email. Text me the number or um, uh, send me the number of our pop count, our total pop count that you did not too long ago. Um, and and then we have Radio by Grace. Uh, that's a network that spans the entire country, uh, many different states. Radio by Grace is owned by Cal, or Grace Church. Amarillo, shout out to all our friends in Amarillo. To Calvary Chapel, Pastor Bill Gem. And then the Hope FM network covers a lot of population in a short. Um, they own a few stations as well, um, based in um, New Jersey. Uh, and I'm sorry I said it that way, but based in New Jersey. Uh, and I'm going to be in New Jersey uh, in August, serving with my brother Ray Dash. I'm also going to be teaching at Calvary Chapel Hudson Valley for my friend Bobby Hargraves. In August, so I'm very excited to be out on the East Coast again. Uh, it's, I was in Fredericksburg, Virginia last year, uh, and then I was also in Newport News the previous year with Tony Clark. So grateful to be out on the East Coast. I love the ministry on the East Coast. Never been to Hudson Valley before. Uh, I'm really looking forward to meeting a whole new part of the church. Never been to uh, to the Rock Fellowship in Newark, New Jersey either. So we're coming out. I'm going to be a part of a short-term mission that Pastor Ian here is going to be leading, uh, serving the church there and the leadership there. Um, we're so grateful, uh, and I'm grateful to be surrounded by men uh, and women that are have the same heart to resource other churches, to serve other churches, to um, tr- use whatever we've learned, which isn't much, but whatever it is we've learned, we want to give it away. We want to encourage we want to point you in the right direction. We're in the last days, truly. And in those days, we want to be busy about our father's business. We don't want to be busy about our 
political business. We don't want to be busy about our personal business. We don't want to be busy about, you know, building our own little kingdoms or propping up a movement or whatever, living the old good old days. We need to be a part of the father's business. And there's just no other way around that. We need to be busy obeying God. Uh, and we're grateful for that. So lots of ministries. So I look forward to the end of August. I'm going to be out. I'm also in the August. I'm going to be over at Mission Hills Church here in Colorado uh, in August. I'm going to be doing a men's event for you guys at Mission Hills. Uh, never uh, served at Mission Hills before either. So a lot of firsts for me uh, to serve the Lord. And I'm grateful uh, for that. 303-690-3000. Oh, I forgot about Truth FM. Uh, again, a church-owned network of stations. Higher Rock Radio just got a license approval for to up their power in Meridian, Idaho. Again, a church-owned station. And and I, I've mentioned this before, but I need to keep mentioning it. Give financially to the station you're listening to. I mean, I don't know any other way. Just do it. Um, we got a lot of bills to pay. Super expensive to run radio stations. Uh, and ever, whenever we add a radio station... All that means, it's very exciting, isn't it? It's like, yes, we can reach more people. Yes, yes, yes. But I want you to understand the back end of that for us as churches that own radio stations. We're not like Caleb that can beg for money all the time and get all kinds of money, you know, get all these donations. Uh, and through their business model, they're multi, it's almost a billion dollar business. The station you're listening to right now is a church owned station. And so if we add another radio station to our network, it only increases the costs. It does increase the reach, but it only increases the costs. And uh, just so you know that. Um, and you don't have to give. I mean, I'm not begging you or anything. Like, But if you want to participate, if this show is blessed to you, if the teaching is blessed to you, then support local Christian radio. And And so I would say whatever station you are listening to, that station is worthy uh, to receive, and, and no gift is too small, too large. For us at Grace FM, you could become a Grace Partner where we partner together and make a, an a annual commitment and we have special gifts and resources to give to you. Just so, I mean, if you can do it, do it because then we can budget properly, right? If we know we have a steady stream coming in of resources, we can budget properly. So, uh, so thank you, Kevin. Uh, here's our station coverage, just so you can, when you think of Grace FM. Uh, we are in the number 19. We're the 19th radio market um, our station covers. That's 2.84 million. And we're also in the Springs, which is the 87th radio market, covers 622,000. We're also in the Fort Collins Greeley market. That's the 106th market. That's 531,000. We're also, um, you know, we, we, he included the Pueblo market. We kind of reached Pueblo but not quite. But if we were, because we do want another station, that's 146000 And then we are in the Cheyenne, Wyoming market. That's 85000 So if you do the math, that our two stations cover 4.23 million people uh, and of t- ages 12 and up. 4.23 million people. And the top 10 U.S. radio markets um, reflect 4.46 million and up. So between the two stations we have, we would be in the almost in the top 10. Radio by Grace, I'm sure, definitely reaches that. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Hope FM does too because it reaches all that area of Philadelphia, uh, New Jersey, uh, Maryland, Baltimore, 
so you can see little ch- churches like ours um, stepping in. Pastor Chuck Smith was very much into Christian radio. I was discipled on a station called K-Wave in Southern California. It's what gave me a, a little bit of a vision um, to be on radio first, and then I never thought we would own a radio station, um, but we own it. God provided through the tithes and offerings of this little church purchased a station. And just for frame of reference, just in case you were wondering, it's public knowledge, it's public record. The radio station you're listening to here in Colorado costs $3.1 million. That's that's how much it cost us 11 years ago. So who knows what it would be today. But 11 years ago, this little church in Aurora decided to put $3.1 million, besides all the extra monthly costs, on the line. And there's some great testimonies with that too. Just unbelievable. I don't have time. I'm not going to share them now. But, um, you know, Bill Gim and Grace Church in Amarillo, the testimony of receiving radio by grace, miracle after miracle after miracle. I mean, unbelievable. And, and then Bill, Bill is just a genius. He's an engineering genius. And his ability to put stations together and run them efficiently, fantastic. And our friends in Truth FM and Higher Rock, it's, you know, we're not professional radio people. And we're never going to be. But we're going to do the best that we can with what we have. Back to the phone lines. Um, let's see. Let's start with, uh, we're going to go to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, listening on Hope FM probably. John, welcome to the program. John, are you with us? Okay. Um, they wanted prayer for VBS. So, Father, I pray for this church. I'm going to reach kids. VBS is a powerful tool to plant the gospel into little kids' hearts. So I pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Jackie in Tennessee, welcome to the program. Jackie, are you with us? She had a question that said something like, divorce and abandonment, if your husband leaves, can you remarry? And the answer is yes or no circumstances we have to look at Um, also if your husband isn't doing his duty to provide can you divorce him Um, no no that's not a grounds for divorce Uh, uh, but here's the thing with questions like this there are so many nuances to talk through that radio doesn't provide so even if you were to still be on the air jackie You have to talk to the leadership in your local church. They're the ones that God has led into your life to shepherd you, to help you, to pray with you, to encourage you. Um, And um, so there's nuances that just remember, it's not God's heart for divorce. He hates divorce. And that's the starting point. So if divorce does occur, it, it has to be truly the last resort sean in colorado springs welcome to the program hey pastor i just uh a minute ago you mentioned something about doing the father's business and that sort of incited this question uh lately i just feel like god has called me in a greater way than he ever has and i feel like he's sort of trying to pull me away through so many signs into just honoring him and and living for him full time. Um, But my wife, she's sort of still stuck in the worldly things, and it's causing uh, more division 
amongst us <clears throat> than I think I've ever had yes. together in over 10 years. And I just wanted to see if you could give me some advice there because, you know, I can't help as being a human of getting thoughts of divorce and, and whatnot because of course. I know the Bible says you can only have one master. And uh, we fought about things, I mean, from houses and all these things that I just don't really care about. I want to downsize so I can do more for God. And she wants to kind of just continue on that same path, and it's just really hard to know where to go. Well, what you're experiencing, the Bible has a phrase for it. It's called being unequally yoked. And and you're not unique in the level of disconnect you have when it comes to the things of God with your wife. That's unfortunately a very common um, concern in many people's hearts and minds because of the separation, you know, I have a heart for the Lord, but my spouse doesn't. Um, however, I want to I want to remind you that the responsibility, as you were looking at priorities in your life, after you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, the next priority will be to love your wife as Christ loved the church, and that is a key priority in you. Uh, excuse me, a key priority for you that you would pray for new ways to love your wife, to serve your wife, to minister to your wife, to live out the fruit of the Spirit with your wife, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, to increase your prayer life with her, to look for opportunities, even if they're little opportunities, to love her with the Word, to love her in prayer, to pray together, you know, even if she, you're know, laying in bed there and she's, like, I don't want to pray. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to pray out loud over our home and over, our, and you're just praying with her in the atmosphere because the, the, the tendency will be to separate from her. And I don't necessarily mean divorce, but to just separate and not, not enjoy her and not like her and see her as a barrier or as an, an impediment to the things of God. And, you know, you when you married her, when you made the choice to marry her, you walked into a com- commitment and a covenant, covenant that she would be a caring concern in your life. And even now, right now, it's hard. And even right now, it's challenging. Uh, I, I would say as well, when you married her, did you know this about her? Um, no, actually, we got married because of God. At least that's how I felt. Uh, we had lived together and had a son for prior and I just felt like God kept saying you know to marry her um, and that's why we did I just yes. never thought it'd be so difficult it seems the closer I grow towards him the more she doesn't accept it you know and you nailed it it makes me feel like I uh, want to push away for sure yes and that would be a greater sin wouldn't it it would be a greater sin for the husband who knows Jesus in response to the pain that he's feeling with his wife to pull away uh, because mm-hmm. that's, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You love God. You want to serve God. And so the, the key will be to, in your definition, um, in your definition of love, like to say, no, what, what I'm looking for is to press in uh, to her um, even more now. And that's not to say that you can't serve in your church. You can. It's not to say you can't be an evangelist. It's not to say that there's not that there's a lot of ministry and serving outside of the home that's available to you. But you will never be an effective man for God 
if you respond poorly to your wife, right? Because the Bible says ministry comes from the home, not necessarily to the home. Um, it comes out of our home. So I want to learn how to love my wife, even in her most difficult opinions or her most difficult rebellion or because that's my wife. I love her and I want to yeah. serve her. And, you know, I, I have a I have a lot of testimonies over the years of unequally yoked uh, marriages. Um, and even those listening right now that aren't married yet, if you are thinking about being unequally yoked, don't because this is what happens uh, when we're not on one accord, when we're not walking in unity. Um, and again, she may be a believer, and an unequally yoked doesn't always mean that you're married to an unbeliever, but when she has no desire for the things of God, that's just as bad. It's very painful, very hurtful. And and so I want to recommend a book to you. All okay. Right? It's called Married and How to Stay That Way. Married okay. and How to Stay That Way. The author is... Um, Oh my gosh, he's a friend of mine. I can't even remember his name. Uh, Mary, uh, Steve Carr. Steve Carr. C A R R. Okay. And and in his book, you know, it's it's super fruitful if both couple if both people in the marriage will go through it. But he makes a statement in in chapter one that's so profound that might just even the first chapter before he even gets into the details, the first chapter will be very. Uh, encouraging. And that is, he says, if only, even if just one spouse wants to get right with the Lord, wants to see change in the marriage, just one spouse, God will use that spouse. And you know what? You're the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, can I just give you one more example? So last night I had went to an event with the church and I just stayed in the spirit for hours after. And as soon as I come home, she just wants to talk about, you know, a new house and, and all these things. And obviously it started a fight. So does that book sound like that might be able to help me there? Yeah, the book is a broader sense. Uh, there's whole chapters on communication. There's ch- chapters on patience. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I want you, one of, the thing, one of the ways that will help you experience less frustration is for you to change your thinking. Okay. I want you to change your thinking. And again, this is a radio program, so it's like it's hard to, if we had more time, you could really develop this. But I want to suggest something to you that I bet you, you never thought of, or maybe you did, but now I'm going to remind you. And that is, when you come home from a church service where you have been blessed and encouraged, and you come home into your house with your wife to talk about the house or a house, you are, you are, or can be, listen, you are, or can be just as much in the spirit as you were in that church service. Because Mm -hmm. when you die to yourself and you talk to your wife about the things that she wants to talk about and you meet her where she is and you sacrifice your own, your own desires and your own, and you listen to her and you love her and you want to know about I get the piece where it's just all kind of worldly and, you know, you don't really need a new house and spending money. I get that piece. I'm not I'm not diminishing that, um, that she's really not talking spiritual things. I get it. I, I And it's kind of quenching of what service you just came from. I get that. So I'm not dismissing that. I hear you. However, it doesn't have to be as bad as you make. It doesn't have to be that bad. You are the one in the spirit. 
wherever you are, you are in the spirit. And by demonstrating love to your wife, even over things about, well, let's talk about the house. What kind of house are you thinking about? How many, you know, just interested in what she's interested in and loving her where she's at. You'll be surprised how much God is with you as you learn to love your wife where she's at, not being frustrated by where she's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, a, that's a real important concept. And I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying it's not frustrating. I'm not saying that you don't cry at night or you're just hurt. Your feelings are hurt. I, I, Man, this is a hard place you're in. However, if you don't approach it from the perspective of, man, God has put me in her life to love her, you're going to make things worse for yourself and for her and for your marriage. Okay, thank you. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my brother. I can think of many others in my mind right now that are unequally yoked. It's very hard. And so I pray even with a quick um, little answer is not the solution to my brother's problems. It's the power and the presence and the person of your spirit, God, in his life. So I pray you'd give him wisdom to help him love his wife as Christ loved the church. Even as Jesus, you came and loved rotten, dirty sinners and those that murdered you, tortured you, you loved them to the very end. And we, God, sometimes don't understand how you could do that, but we need to understand. And especially my brother has a very um, painful situation in his home with, with a woman that he loves, covenanted and committed his life to, that you would help him love his wife as Christ loved the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Good day. Hey, grab that book and call me back in a couple weeks. Tell me how it's going. I will. Thank you. Steve Carr. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, you guys can go to our website, calvaryco.store. That is our church bookstore. All the proceeds go to missionaries, and you can order it there. Calvary CO stands for church, or Colorado. Calvaryco.store. And we have all our, we have a very small bookstore, but a very potent one where we, we are a resourcing church and Steve Carr's book is there. It's usually a pick of the month for our Bounding Grace radio program and so good. All right, let's go back, uh, come back to Denver, Colorado. Carlos, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm all right. Well, I'm a little, I'm excited, but I'm nervous. Uh, all right. My, for the longest time, I've kind of was out of church and, you know, listening to Grace FM, um, you really helped me, like, get back into a church and get, uh, in, get you know, back into the community, and I'm really grateful for that one, but I think now it's like it's paying off the—I'm a middle school leader for uh, our church up here, and tonight I'm actually preaching about attitude, and I am just <laughs> so scared and nervous, and I'm just okay. like, oh my gosh, but I'm, I'm excited, you know? Okay. And I would just, I would just, if you guys could pray for me I will. for that tonight, but also um, on kind of a more serious note, uh, I actually just learned that a family friend uh, passed away this early morning. Um, mm. You know, not not doing the best. He, uh, he 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 just died, and you know, it's it's pretty sad on the community right now. Everyone on Facebook that you know, growing up, this is like probably the fifth or the seventh one this year from our community that's passed away. So just prayer for um, his family, uh, the Saleto family, would help out tremendous as well. Okay, we'll do that in a moment. But for your teaching tonight, I'll give you a quick tip. There's a couple of things that will help you with the nervousness. 
Um, For sure. First of all, the nervousness is healthy because you're handling the Word of God, communicating His Word to a group of kids and to a you know very impressionable people. So part of the nervousness or like the awe, like walking into it, like you know, like your feet are on holy ground. That's healthy. Um, but the unhealthy nervousness is worrying about what people think, what you're going to sound like. Um, please don't go into the pulpit and say, oh, this is the first time I've ever done this. I'm so nervous. Nobody cares. Nobody right. cares about that. You're there to walk in the confidence and the strength of the Lord. And if you don't tell anybody you're nervous, nobody's going to care about it. And um, these are mistakes I've made where it, it, you know sometimes we'll walk into the pulpit and we'll make it all about us. And it's not about us. And yeah, you can still walk in with nervousness. It doesn't go away. I've been doing this. I've been teaching the Bible 30 plus years now. I've got a couple of invitations this year that I've never done before. Even in our own church, with a fellowship that knows me for 22 years, there are still times where I get nervous, where I'm walking and I just, I don't know, or I made a big mistake or, you know, whatever it is. And it's healthy. There's a healthiness about it because, God, this is your word. I want to be faithful to it. I want to love the people in front of me. And and then at the same time, I want to remember, hey, man, it's not about me. It's about you, Lord, and these precious people you died for. And if you do those two things, don't talk about nervousness and don't make it about you, you'll be you'll, you'll get over a big hump. Um, and I know you'll do fine. So, Father, I pray for this family uh, that's grieving and just everybody having to respond to sudden death. It stinks. I hate death. Death is an enemy. I'm reminded not only this family, but I'm also reminded of the Calvary in Windsor and Scott and the loss of Scott and Nancy. Praying for Alex and Charlie and all the people connected to Windsor, Lord. And I pray for my brother as he walks into the pulpit tonight, uh, that you would use him greatly, that you would anoint your word in his lips, that you would activate, God, the gift of pastor-teacher in his life, that he might be able to convey your truths to this group of young people in a way that not only would they understand the word, but they would understand you, your character and nature, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Right, call, I appreciate it. Call back and let us know how it goes. Oh, I went. definitely will. Also, shout out to Tucker out there at your guys' young adult right group. He's been a big help as well through the years, but thank you so much tonight. You're welcome. Bless you, man. It. Bye-bye. Yeah, Tucker is such a faithful young man with his wife, Lauren. Uh, just to watch him grow up in the Lord, watch Lauren literally grow up. Uh, Tucker's wife was uh, part of our church as a kiddo, you know, walking in to the school. I remember when I met uh, I met her parents walking into the school. And, and uh, Scott and Chris have been with us ever since. Such a faithful, faithful family. And, of course, the Huber family as well, being able to minister to all of their kids. Um, so good. 303 uh, We've got enough time for this, Angie. Uh, we got about 60 seconds where we could pray. Angie from Longmont, welcome Thank to the you. program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Yes, I just got a call from a former co-worker that okay. her nephew was ran over by accident by the mother. She didn't see him. Oh. And they're en route to the hospital. Okay. I don't know this little child's name, but right. Madison is the aunt. And... Um, you know, we're praying. We're praying for God to perform a miracle. But you know what? Either we'll make God so good. So, okay. either way. Father, I pray in agreement with Angie for this family, for this little guy that got uh, accidentally run over, and just the terror, 
and the tragic, all of it, the the feelings, the it's just overwhelming. I can't imagine just right now overwhelming. And when I'm thinking of the Springs too, I pray for the family that lost their little uh, Simon uh, this week too, who did pass away from a rattlesnake bite. And um, ah, Father, we hate death. We hate these traumatic events. But we also pray that you would give us the strength and the wisdom and the, the tenacity to trust you no matter what. So we pray for a miracle with this kiddo. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. Pastor Ed, I wanted to tell you real quick, the guy yeah. who called and you gave him the information about Mr. Carr's book. Yes. I can tell him right now that I would have made the biggest mistake of my life if I would have divorced my husband. Mm. I listen to my pastor. I listen to the Lord. And my marriage is awesome. And God, <laughs> I quit talking to him, and I started talking to God. God yes. changed him. Oh, so yes, good. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Thank All right. you, Pastor. Bye-bye. All right, we're in the final 45 seconds of the program. Thank you guys for listening. Go to calvaryco, that stands for Colorado, dot church, to connect with us, calvaryco.church. Go to your app store, put my name in there, Ed Taylor. Uh, go to my website, edtaylor.org, and we want to connect with you. We're a resourcing church. I'm writing and posting all the time and uh, resources available and just grateful. I think that's how we end the show today. We're grateful. Things can be hard, but God is faithful, and we can respond with thanksgiving. God bless you guys. We'll see a lot of you. We're studying the book of, or the, the gift of service ministry this weekend. S- see you this weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.